Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I'm delighted you're with us. I hope that you like our new look tonight. And that uh, this is the 2021 look, so you're getting a preview by a week or so. And uh, this is our opportunity to talk together. I will talk about this very important topic tonight. I've talked about it in other ways occasionally, but it's so important for us to make the distinctions, you know, of recognizing when it's become verbal abuse. Because there's a distinction, you know, everybody fights every now and again, every couple fights, every parent and child fights, every parent and adult child has disagreements. But when does it actually shift into becoming verbal abuse? And it's very important to understand that because it's sneaky. You know, things are happening and and they seem kind of normal or maybe you want to take the blame for them. Oh, I shouldn't have pushed it. I shouldn't have poked the hijackal. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, that's great. Every now and again, it's going to be something that you did. Good to be self-aware. However, when it drifts over into verbal abuse from the other side, that's not something you did. That's something they decided. And you need to be very, very, very clear about what it is. So tonight, we're going to be talking about that. And if you want to see other episodes, go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. If this intrigues you, there are other episodes at the end of this broadcast. I will give you actually the episode numbers of other ones on verbal abuse so that you can listen to them. And if you're enjoying the podcast and you'd like to support us, go to Patreon.com slash SaveYourSanity. There you can pledge a couple of dollars a month to support us, $10.00. $150, whatever you'd like to do, but it's there for you to demonstrate your support. So it's important to recognize when it's verbal abuse. And what is verbal abuse? Well, this is from the U.S. Legal Department, and it's very general, so you'll see this. Verbal abuse is when words are used to cause harm to someone who is being spoken to. So it is abusive harmful words intended to harm the other person, to make them feel badly, to make them feel afraid, to overpower them, to control them, to manipulate them, or to just denigrate them and shame them and demean them and dismiss them and degrade them. But it's intended to cause harm. It's intended to be mean and nasty. It's intended to take them down a peg or 14. And it's really important to understand that distinction. So tonight we're going to talk about that because there's a big difference between normal arguments in a relationship 
and then verbal abuse because in normal arguments you kind of get over them they're few and far between hopefully and then you're solving a problem you're arguing over an event or a fact or a decision that needs to be made and it's very localized it's very this is what we're talking about this is maybe even what we're arguing or fighting about but nobody's out to assassinate the character of anybody else but verbal abuse is all about doing that. It's about character assassination. And it's really important to understand that because it's a huge distinction, right? <clears throat> so verbal abuse starts to really come into play when we have a whole lot of things going on, which are words like shouting and insulting and intimidating and threatening and shaming and demeaning and deriding and degrading. That's their intention. Their intention is to shame you, to blame you, to put you down. That's a big difference between having an argument over what you remember about last Christmas dinner as opposed to now you're being called names. And so we want to talk about these things very carefully because name calling is one of them. That will happen. When you get to the name-calling stage, you're on very thin ice. Notice that. Hopefully you have scars on your tongue that you don't call someone else names. But people who are, are verbal abusers have no problem calling someone names. And not nice names at that. Really unpleasant names. With the idea of having power over them. So name-calling and definitely personal attacks because verbal abuse equals a personal attack and that's important for us to know because if it feels like a personal attack they're trying to destroy you as a human not talk about whose truth is a little more true in the sense of I think that the toilet paper roll should come from the top and I think the paper roll should come from the bottom. Not that kind of factual information or preference information, but personal attack. And if it falls in the category of personal attack, you have to be suspecting verbal abuse. Do you see that difference really clearly? If it's about the other person and their character, not something they did, but their character, we start stepping into the very unshaky, very shaky ground of verbal abuse. So name calling and personal attacks. And how do you tell the difference between an occasional fight and verbal abuse? Verbal abuse happens too frequently, too quickly. You get into a little dispute about something and quickly it goes to wanting to win. They've got to put you down, tear you down, wear you down, and that becomes verbal abuse. Other kinds of abuse at all, too. Yeah, emotional abuse. Definitely verbal abuse can be emotionally abusive. So these distinctions are very important to note. Very, very important. And this character assassination business, have that at the top of your mind. That's really problematic. And when you're dealing with a hijackal, you know one of the hallmarks of hijackals, and I talk about it in my program, Seeing the Cycles, which is such a good personal home study program. If you think that these things are not real, it'll really help you see them. But 
one of the hallmarks of a hijackle is they must win. They must win at all costs, and they must win as frequently as possible. So as soon as there is any kind of a dispute, they want to make sure they win. And that's why it de-escalates into something so nasty as character assassination. And the things that are verbal attacks, they never get worked through. Have you noticed that a hijackal doesn't really want to resolve anything? They just want to find a way to put you down. So verbal abuse is not leading to resolution of anything. And that's another distinguishing feature about it. Because when you have a conversation and it goes a bit sideways, it's usually about trying to solve a problem, whether you brought up something that wasn't working or you were trying to do something in the future. It's usually about something that has a solution, even if that solution is to agree to disagree. But it doesn't require personal attacks. It simply doesn't. And that's a huge distinction, right? Very important. It, the problem with this not getting any resolution, if you're not the person being attacked, then you tend to back away. You back down and you end up taking it. And I know that's somewhat what you have to do because there's no point poking a hijackle. It doesn't work, right? And so there's no point doing it. But notice if you simply are backing down because there is no point, they are just pouring it on and it's all about taking you down, that is verbal abuse. And of course, you're not going to get any compromises. That is not going to happen. Verbal abusers do not compromise. They want to win. And this is a big distinguishing feature about the difference between verbal abuse and having what we might call, quote unquote, a normal argument. So it's very important. Now, verbal abuse denigrates to insults as quickly as possible because we want to win as quickly as possible. So we get the insults. And they can be in the present moment, or they can be pulled from every past moment you've ever had together. Have you noticed that? How quickly it was, you always do this. Here's 10 ways that you've done it. And then sometimes you ask them for an example while they're doing it. They can't think of one example, but they still hold fast to the idea that you are a bad person. You are at fault. Everything is wrong in your neck of the woods and nothing is ever wrong with the hijackal, right? Nothing is ever wrong. They are perfect. They are flawless. And they immediately boomerang the blame back to you. That's There's episodes on blame shifting and boomeranging and things like that to do with blame and also to do with the boomeranging of leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back. So verbal abuse comes from a desire to shame and humiliate you. Now, hijackals are very fragile creatures. I know they seem a little bit like Komodo dragons, but internally, emotionally, they're quite fragile. Now, don't bother putting on your compassion hat too much. That's just an observation. That's just a fact. That doesn't mean that you can do anything about it. You didn't break them. You can't fix them. 
but just know that that's coming from a desire to shame and humiliate you because they feel shamed and humiliated within and they pretend that they have never been shamed and humiliated and they have never had anything for which they would be shamed and humiliated. Why? Because it's all your fault. <sighs> yeah, that's the way it goes. And they respond to your being hurt by them by telling you you're too sensitive or you don't have a sense of humor or you just don't see yourself or they know you better than you know yourself. If anybody ever says to you, I know you better than you know yourself, big red flag, big red flag. Notice it immediately. And when the hijackle turns a conversation or a request from you into a fight, they will accuse you of starting the fight. And that becomes verbally abusing too, because they are using words to blame you for something you didn't do. So it becomes an attack. It becomes a personal attack. Now, another thing that hijackers like to do is have a reaction that is way out of proportion, way out of proportion to the conversation at hand. You know, you may be talking about planning a picnic for Saturday. And after three sentences are exchanged, pretty much we're talking about how nothing ever works around here and nothing is ever done to their satisfaction. And why should they want to do what you want to do anyway? Because after all, they're the more important person. And then we get into the verbal abuse. Then we get into the personal attacks, making you wrong making you small, putting you down. All of these things are very important to see because, you know, maybe in the beginning, maybe still, when they blame you, you take on the blame. But have a really good look. Did you really do anything? Are they the ones who know who you are? No, you know who you are. You know what your intention was. You know why you said what you said. Don't let them come back at you with that blame shifting business. Because that's verbal abuse too. And <clears throat> you know, one of the things is they're very sneaky with verbal abuse because they don't do it in front of other people very readily. They like to save it to do it at home or in quiet where nobody else can hear. So then it becomes a your word against their word situation should you endeavor to tell anybody what happened. They're very cagey that way. Now, they'll say some sarcastic remark in front of other people. And if you say, ouch, then they will tell you that, oh, I was just kidding. Can't you take a joke? Familiar to you? You know, I, I was raised by two hijackles. Of course, I married one. Of course, I attracted hijackles. And of course, I had to divorce them and co-parent with them and do all of those things. So it's not like this is all book learning to me. I have walked through this. This is why I am so happy to help because I had to walk through it all. And there wasn't any help for me when I was young. But I want to be there to help you so that you don't have years and years and years go by or any further years and years go by without understanding that verbal abuse is the beginning of emotional abuse. It starts with the words. 
and they often accompany words with threats, right? They may be a gesture. They may be hitting their fist into the palm of their other hand. They may be getting close into your personal space. They may block a door or they may verbally threaten. You know, if you get out of here, if you leave this room, you will never see me again nor your children. Wow. Or else they get really up close and personal in your space, threatening and intimidating you by their personal closeness. And then they won't let you leave the room or they'll hold your arms. Now that's abuse. That's physical abuse. You can't restrain another human, you know, in anger particularly. So that's not only a verbal abuse, but it becomes physical abuse really quickly right there. So these are important things to notice. Are you seeing that maybe some of the things that you've been excusing are actually patterns of verbal abuse? I hope you see that because as soon as you see it, whew, you can stand up and say, oh no, no, this is not going to fly. This is not okay. Now you don't have to do much about it except observe it because there's not much you can do about it except get some boundaries, express them, and start really small. You know, when clients come to me, they say, well, how do I fix all of this? And I say, very, very tiny incremental steps. Very tiny. Because if you do something really large, you're just going to have a fight. But if you do small things in an incremental plan, strategic way, sometimes you can make a difference. And if you want to talk to me, go to BeAClient.com. That's my one hour new client $97 offer for you, BeAClient.com. Because if you're just recognizing right now that what you've experienced is verbal abuse, maybe you're casting your mind back and realizing that you were verbally abused by a parent. And so it's become familiar to you to be abused. That's a big moment when you realize that. That it was always like that. You don't expect to be treated better. You'd like to be treated better. But deep down, you don't expect to be treated better. And so sadly, it becomes acceptable to you because it's familiar, not because it's okay with you, but there are all these subconscious things going on that, oh, this is the way it is. Because we're born into a family. We don't have any experience of family. The only experience we have is the one we, we're, we're born into. So you don't have anything to compare it to. So you think that they are treating you as who you are when you have abusive parents or neglectful parents, and they give you the message that you deserve verbal abuse. So if you're verbally abused by a partner right now and you're really waking up to how many ways, have a little mind cast backwards and say, where is this familiar from in my earlier life? Where is it familiar from? Did it happen when I was younger? Did it happen in my home? Did it happen at school? Did it happen at church? Where did it happen? Because somehow this has become acceptable to me, even though I don't want it to be. 
So parents will verbally abuse their children. They'll call them names. They'll do all kinds of things. My mom was a raving hijackal, and at least once a week, after telling me repeatedly that she never wanted children, no question why I'm an only child, added on top of that beautiful statement was she would say, it's a good thing you're smart, young lady, because you're fat and ugly. Now, when I was 45 and she had just died, I looked at all her photographs in her albums and went to see evidence of fat and ugly. I may be delusional, but I didn't find it. But that's the kind of verbal abuse she lived with that turns into emotional abuse. And, you know, that's the story for another time, but certainly a recognition of ongoing emotional and verbal abuse. Parents do it. They talk to their little children like that. You know, they, they put their children down. They call them names. It all goes into the subconscious and becomes who these children are. Maybe it happened to you, and you don't even realize what got put in there. That's a lot of the therapeutic process, you know, is going back and finding what got stuffed in there. I think of it as... Uh, factory operating systems in our own personal computers and our young lives they were putting the programs in and unfortunately for most people you'll find a little malware in there and a few viruses and a worm or two and and Trojan horses set to go off in your adulthood so if some level it feels familiar to be verbally abused by a partner cast your mind back and see who was the verbal abuser in your childhood. That could help you a lot. Or maybe you're a really good person and you just keep thinking, oh, this person's so hurt. This person's so damaged. Maybe if I just love them up and really allow them to feel like I will never go away. I will always love them. I will always be here for them. They will change. Well, if they're of the hijackal variety, no, they won't. They will just eat it all up and spit it out and keep wanting more. But if you're not with the hijackal, sometimes, yes, people just need to feel comforted to know that their love is stable, and then they can relax. But hijackals are not like that. Hijackals will not relax. So what other kinds of verbal abuse happen? Well, Hijackals and other humans who are verbally abusive, but they talk down to you as though you're stupid, like you can't understand, you don't comprehend, you can't hear, you and are unable to think, you know, as though you can't think your way out of a paper bag. They talk to you that way. Familiar? And then they get louder and louder as though you're hard of hearing as well. And then they'll say something abusive like, well, let me break it down to its finest and smallest parts because you're too stupid to figure it out. That's when you know there's verbal abuse, but catch it way earlier before it gets there and you will begin to recognize that the verbal abuse started way earlier than that. Verbal abuse also comes in the form of a lot of criticism. 
that you can't do anything well enough. Have you ever had that experience where they tell you exactly what they want from you and so you think, I'll do that. I will get it so right and then they will like me. They will approve of me. They will validate me. And then you get it so right and as soon as you go to them waiting for the validation, they they move the marker. Oh, well, it was okay, but really I'm looking for this. That's emotional abuse. The verbal abuse was when you did exactly what you, you, you were asked to do, and then they do not give you praise. They do not be grateful. They do not acknowledge what you did. Then it can shift into emotional abuse really easily. And it's important to notice the starting point. So they're highly critical. And everything is kind of all or nothing, always and never. You always do that. You never do that. That's familiar, isn't it? If you're with a covert hijackal, nobody ever does what I want. Nobody acknowledges me. Nobody gives me anything. Nobody cares about me. If people love me, they do something, but they don't. And you hear conversations like that. And so it's important to recognize that. Now, one of the obvious things about verbal abuse is the degrading nature of it. You know, giving you the sense that you're not worth their time to explain things. You can't comprehend it anyway. You are not worth the time of day. They'll walk out on you. They will tell you that it's pointless talking to you. They never solve a thing because the only solution is for you to do it their way. Does that sound familiar to you? It's quite familiar. And they are shaming. Now, there's a big difference between guilt and shame. And I, I want to make it very, very clear here. Guilt means you made a mistake. But shame is you are a mistake. Guilt is I made a mistake. Shame is I am a mistake. So if you are shamed repeatedly, 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 you are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you may be making yourself into a pretzel or a doormat trying to please someone or just avoid their wrath. And verbal abuse is what's shrinking you. And you try to avoid it so you don't speak up. You don't have your own mind to speak up. It's not safe to do that because you'll be degraded and you'll be put down. Now, if this is happening more than, whoa, once every 18 months, somebody has a bad night or a bad day and they say what they shouldn't have and they apologize for it, that may be a little bit more normal. But if this is the regular way it goes and you are walking on eggshells, which I've said so many times is a terrible way to get your exercise, then you have to notice if you're walking on eggshells around this person all the time, they are very likely verbally abusing you. And it's easy, as I said, to have it slip into emotional abuse. Verbal abuse is the gateway to emotional abuse. Sometimes in a split second, it goes from verbal to emotional abuse. So it's important for us to understand these distinctions. And they will try to push you to do something that they want you to do. If you don't do it, you, you don't love me. 
If you cared so much, you would do what I want you to do. If you cared about the children, you'd keep me happy. You know, that push to manipulate you to do something that they want you to do is a kind of verbal abuse. Yes, of course, it ends in emotional abuse, but it's, it's verbal abuse that it starts with because they're using words to manipulate you. And then, as I said earlier, the constant blame. Blame, blame, blame. Everything is your fault. Uh, the weather is your fault. The IRS is your fault. Taxes are your fault. The lack of mail delivery is your part. The snow is your fault. Everything is your fault. You've noticed that, I'm sure. That's what happens when you're with a hijackal. And if you haven't heard my trademark term for these people before, a hijackal is a person who hijacks a relationship for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. And one of the ways that they do that is with this verbal abuse. Now, one of the strange things about verbal abuse is they will give you the silent treatment, but it still falls into the category of verbal abuse because they're refusing to talk to you. And that's very, very sad, right? They are, they are withholding themselves from you. They're withhold, you, you are, are being treated with contempt. You know, I often talk about the hijackal smirk, that look of anger and disdain mixed together, and it's contempt. And, and they look at you in that way, and then they withhold from you. They go out, or they sit there, or they pretend they don't see or hear you, or they turn the music up or the television up, or whatever they do, allowing themselves to think that they have power over you because they're withholding themselves from you. I want to encourage you to see it as a blessing. Oh my goodness, they're quiet. Oh, that's great. They have nothing to say. This is all good stuff. Don't get trapped in the trauma bond, though. Let me be clear about that. Don't get trapped in the trauma bond because that's what they want. They like to really put you down. And then if you're crying or you're upset or you've gone away to nurse your wounds, then they want to be the hero or shiro who comes in and comforts you and says, oh, I'm sorry you feel so badly. They don't take any responsibility for the fact they're the perpetrator of the abuse, but they want to come in and comfort you and hold you. So it's go away, go away, go away. Oh, but come closer. Let me comfort you. Watch for that. I've talked about that before. Watch for that. That's the trauma bond in action. And I'm encouraging you that if they get into the silent treatment and they're withholding from you, see it as a blessing. Do not enact the trauma bond and beg for their attention. Plead for them to talk to you. No. Let them be quiet. Let them be silent. When you don't plead or ask or beg, they're not getting what they want. They have no power. So see the quiet as a blessing, and that will help you. Okay, just a couple of other things to put in the verbal abuse category that leads to emotional abuse. I've done several episodes on gaslighting, but just to touch on it, gaslighting is when someone tells you who you are, what you think, what you feel, what you want, what you remember, what you prefer. They try to define your reality for you and get you to accept it. 
Now, that's not okay on any level, right? It is not okay. So gaslighting falls in the area of verbal abuse leading to emotional abuse. And then they never let anything lie. They constantly got to circle back, right? So you're talking about X and they're not getting any traction and being right about X. So they bring up Y and Z too. And they bring up everything in the alphabet that ever happened because they like to have these circular arguments. They never let things rest. They make everything your fault. And that is another way that you can recognize the verbal abuse. And when you get some help and you see these things clearly and you know how you can respond in the most effective way, you will then see whether or not the other person is willing to change in any small way. Now, if they're not a full-blown hijackal, they might grab a clue. If they are, they won't. So the last thing I just wanted to mention to you are these threats. You know, I mentioned it just a minute ago, but take it seriously. Threats to hurt you are worthy of going to the police for. A threat is a threat of assault. And threats are seen as dangerous. So if someone is threatening you in a physical way, be sure to tell the police, go and report it. They may not be able to do anything about it, but they can write a report for you. Now, I know some people live in towns where it's sort of sad, but the police come and they don't do much. But I'm inviting you to go to the police station and say, I just want to make a report. I have been verbally threatened. I've been threatened with, ver with bodily harm. I've been threatened with having my children taken away. I've been threatened with being locked out of the house. I've been threatened with having my bank account emptied. Whatever it is, make a note. And if you have an attorney, tell the attorney and keep a document you must be a diligent documenter. Every single thing that happens, date, time, and the facts. So very, very important. So these are a bunch of things that we need to know about verbal abuse because they are all personal attacks and it's not okay on any level. So if you want to know more about verbal abuse, you need to hear some more things about it, then look at those episodes, 89, 71, 54, 44, and 4. They're all about different aspects of verbal emotional abuse, verbal abuse leading to emotional abuse, which very quickly can escalate to physical and sexual abuse and may also be representative of financial abuse or spiritual abuse. So it's very important to see that verbal abuse is the gateway to all those other things. And I hope this has been helpful to you because you may have been making excuses. You may have been making yourself wrong for it. And if these patterns of verbal abuse are there, they're, they're not something that I won't, you can misuse, not something that you can missee or unsee but you have to be clear about what they look like so you can see them. You know, the brain needs a pattern. So I wanted to give you a pattern so you could identify the patterns of verbal abuse. And I am happy that you're here because it's a start to understanding that, no, 
it's not all right on any level, not all right on any level, to be verbally abused. And if a person doesn't apologize, and it's not a faux apology, not a fake apology, you know, an apology is only real when the behavior that they're apologizing for doesn't happen again. So if it's not a fake apology, then watch for changes. If there aren't any, then know that you've still got a lot of work to do. Now, one of the things that I've created for you are some checklists, and you can go and find them on my website. Just go to relationshipchecklists.com. There's lots of them there. Um, and and see that, but just go to my website at For Relationship Help and you'll see the checklists tab. There's a new one there called Is My Partner a Toxic Hijackal? And that will really help you to see the patterns and things that are there. So I'm really glad that you joined me. And, you know, I say this every every episode and I really mean it. Until we speak again, please treat yourself very well. Treat yourself respectfully. Trust your intuition. Speak up for yourself in gentle ways that demonstrate boundaries without inflaming other humans. Because you deserve to, because you breathe and take up space on this earth, you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, and want. And until we speak again, talk about yourself in the most glowing terms you possibly can. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.